I try to remind myself like there's a reason I'm here there's a reason that I've been given this responsibility and I'm just gonna go for it Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. We feel very upbeat today, it seems. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired, so I'm trying to channel some more upbeatness. Right. Yes, yes. It's like that thing where if you smile when you're feeling down, you actually start to feel a bit oh, better. I yes. don't know. <laughs> One of those things. Anyway, welcome everybody to this episode of the Design Life Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about decision-making as a creative lead. And this is a topic that was actually requested by a listener. We love when we get to do these. So, yep, send in your topic requests. But basically, they said that they're, you know, in this position where they've just recently been promoted into a role that requires them to manage projects and act as a creative lead. And they're excited about this, but also intimidated about all the decision making that comes in as part of it, right? Like they want to do their best at the organization side, at being an empathetic leader and all that, but also in making the design decisions like, okay, how do I use my gut in the moment to make a decision on something, uh, you know, whether it's a photo shoot or a campaign direction or something like that. And this is very timely for me. I'm in this situation literally today as creative director at ConvertKit. I'm going to be on a call with the agency we work with this afternoon to make like live decisions about illustrations for a brand campaign we're working on. And so, yeah, very timely for me to be thinking about this, like, I don't know, trusting yourself as a leader, I suppose, and how you build up your gut reaction to things. So I think it'd be good to talk about, but first of all, should we do a very quick catch up? How are you going, fam? I'm good. The reason I'm tired is because we're doing a step challenge at work and yesterday was the last day of the challenge and we like did this like sprint to the end to try and boost our place from third to second, which worked. So that was very exciting. The things that I get excited about these days, honestly, so trivial. <laughs> um, so yeah, I supposedly am going on vacation in two days for the first time in a very long time Wait, on a camping why trip. Why do you say supposedly? Yes, the reason for that, and like we don't need to get into all of the detail here, but essentially Ontario is supposed to come out of lockdown tomorrow, but there's a chance that Mm. we don't. So I'm waiting for like a provincial announcement to know if I can go camping or not, because currently camping is banned. So anxiously waiting, because we booked our trip like the day after the lockdown is scheduled to end, but historically it seems to continue getting extended, so we'll see. Oh no, well, I hope for your sake that it does go ahead. I was off last week. I only worked one day, Monday last week. Oh my gosh, yes, tell us about your vacation. I feel like I need to live vicariously through you. Yeah, (laughs) well, it was, I'm not gonna lie, it was a pretty great vacation. We stayed in this little boutique hotel in like the middle of nowhere. We had like our, uh, this villa room with our own private pool and sun deck with sun lounges and amazing. Yeah. It was hella relaxing. I read three novels. We ate a lot of great food because all the food was like included as well. It was wonderful. I loved it. And it just was, it's so different taking time off and going somewhere else versus taking time off and staying in your home, which is obviously what I've done for the past year or so. (laughs) So different. So that was really nice. And um, I hope for your sake that yours can go ahead because, yeah, I don't know. I just feel so much more refreshed from having being able to go on that vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the photos looked beautiful. So I am very jealous, but also very happy that you got to experience a little vacation. Yeah, it was important, I think. 
Well, before we get into talking about making decisions as a creative lead, we have a sponsor of yes. the show this month for June. Around is sponsoring Design Life. They are, and it is a team video chat tool. And one of the nice things I like about Around is how beautifully the tool is actually designed. I don't know about you, Charlie, but there's been several times I've been on a Zoom meeting and I've accidentally ended the meeting for everyone oh, yeah. when I just meant to like <laughs> silently slip out of the room because the, the UI in Zoom is just not very intuitive. So not only is Around like beautifully designed and pretty intuitive and easy to use, but I know that their team is obsessed with design. So it's a really beautifully designed product and it's so much fun to use with lots of thoughtful touches built in like video filters or the ability to react with GIFs or emojis. Zoom kind of feels like it was created for people in suits in a conference room. I don't know if you get the vibe from Zoom with that, Charlie. From the design of Zoom, absolutely. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> it feels very corporate. And I feel like Around creates a much more fun environment for you and your teams to connect. So check out Around if you're looking for a more fun tool to use with your team. You can head to around.co. You can also find them on Twitter, around underscore HQ. And yeah, there's the design community in particular has been talking about this tool a lot and the design of the tool obviously has something to do with that. So for yeah, sure. check out Around and thank you Around for sponsoring Design Life this month. Thank you. All right, making decisions as a creative lead. Yeah, just as soon as I saw this listener question, I was like, oh my God, yes, so timely for me. Um, I'm, I'm excited about this role that I'm in right now as creative director, but it is also really intimidating being the one making creative decisions. and. I kind of always was in a way as the marketing design lead, you know, stuff to do with our brand. I was deciding that most of the time, but now that we're investing more in like this project with the agency, for example, it feels higher stakes. And so the higher stakes definitely comes with a lot more stress and like each decision feels a lot more important and I'm probably overthinking them, but yeah, they, I, I feel this listener when they said they're intimidated by it. Because I am too. Can you give us some examples of like these kinds of decisions that you have to make as part of your role? Yeah. Okay. So right now we're sort of going through like a brand refresh, I guess. We're just like figuring out ways we can bring our brand more in line with uh, what we want to be expressing, you know, making a couple of changes here and there. It's not a complete rebrand or anything like that. But because we're sort of in this middling phase of figuring things out, it means that I am not always completely sure if something is on brand or not instantly, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I know our previous, like, version of our brand really well, and I could tell you super fast, like, yes, no, this, not that, etc. But because the things are sort of more in flux at the moment, I'm just finding that I, I need more time to, I don't know, sit and consider and sort of, like, sit with the thing for a bit before I give my feedback or make a decision. And I just, there's not always that time and space available. Like on this call that we're having with the agency that I, like I talked about later today, I'm going to be expected to make decisions on the call. I can't go away and like think about it overnight or whatever. I have to decide then and there which of these um, hand lettered illustrations are going to be right for our brand and for the campaign. Wow. Yeah. I feel like just hearing you talk about this makes me nervous like as a designer if I were to have that responsibility like thinking about this in the context of product and UX design I feel like I have less creative decision making than someone 
say in in your role or on your side of marketing design, which is a lot more brand focused, right? I pretty much live by our design system and our platform team and like everything's kind of like pre-decided or like there's a lot of rules. So like creative freedom is to me feels less so in my kind of role. So hearing from you about the kind of decisions you have to make, like that sounds like a lot of responsibility. It is, but I'm sure that you have to make an equal like level of importance decisions, you know, like whether it's some sort of UX pattern or something like that, where you yeah. have two ideas and you think they could both be good and you have to just decide which one you're going to move forward with, right? And it's kind of like that moment of committing yeah. as a creative lead where yeah. you're like, okay, both of these are probably fine, <laughs> but I think this one is better. And so we're just going to go for it and I'm going to forget the other one existed and we're just going to move forwards and like be decisive about it. Because I think that the the worst thing I do is flounder too much or I don't know. I, th I think it's good to get outside opinions, but it reaches a point of diminishing returns, right? Where you're mm. sort of just like, I don't know, you're, you're involving other people in your spiraling. <laughs> I think this is a great way to describe what happens to me is that I start questioning myself on something. And so I start bringing in outside opinions, but then they don't say like what they say doesn't align with what I was thinking. And so then I just ask more people and like I question myself even more and I go around and around in circles. And in the end, I'm wasting a lot of other people's time when I do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know what they need from me as the creative lead is just to be like, make a decision on the yeah. thing and move forward so that it's not a blocker for anybody and it doesn't waste anybody's time and it's all organized and you know we keep going but it's hard to always be that sure of yourself to yes. make those decisions totally. in a timely manner <laughs> yeah I can think of like two examples I think where I've experienced a little bit of this feeling uh, one is kind of like more at the very beginning when we're starting a project and I'm working with my product manager and we have a lot of different ideas for solutions and like my product manager will be like well what do you think what do you think is the best solution which one, which way should we go and it's like uh 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 you know like i i have a favorite but is it the best for the company the best for the business i don't know like trying to kind of form your opinion and have like conviction my old manager always used to say having conviction uh, and so that mm. stuck with me a lot so that's one time and then another time i feel like is in the like QA process of a project where maybe like Eng have realized there's a limitation and we can't do what we thought we wanted to do. And so we have to adjust the design a little bit. And there we kind of have to make these really kind of on the spot compromising decisions Yes, where it's like, yeah, I kind of just have to be like, yes, that's acceptable. Or like, no, that's not acceptable. We need to find another way. So yeah, those are two kind of moments, I guess, that come to mind for me where I've experienced a little bit of this feeling that compromise one is a really great example and definitely one I've been in a lot too and I think I think a lot of designers would have been in that place especially working with developers or engineers having their design implemented you know reaching this point where the developer is saying look we can do this but it'll take this much extra time or sometimes they say they can't do it and it's like I mean you can technically it's just you mean it's going to take longer right um, <laughs> but you as the designer have to decide like is this acceptable or is this worth um, I don't know, either extending the project or perhaps if you don't have the ability to make that decision, maybe it's like, okay, where else can we take time from and what else can I deprioritize on the page so that this bit can get built to my full vision. And it's kind of like you having to, I don't know, it's like you already made all the, all the decisions, yeah. <laughs> right? And you decided this was the best design and now you have to rethink things because of limitations. And that's always really hard 
what do you do in those situations, fam? How do you handle it, uh, deciding on that compromise? I feel like I'm getting better with this over time and with experience. But for me, it's a lot of like, okay, let's think about the goal of the project and with the compromise that's being proposed, are we still going to reach the goal or like, how is that affecting the goal? Um, let's also think about scalability and priorities. Like is the goal to just like try something quick and test and then we can improve mm. later or are we locking ourselves into something now for the long run that might hurt us later on, you know, kind of making that trade off. Ooh, good point. Is tricky sometimes. Yeah, those are like the two main ones that kind of come to mind when I think about these kinds of compromises. I think also sometimes maybe like in the scale of like the entire product, like where does this little feature we're working on sit? Like, does it have to be perfect? Is it like the top thing as soon as you open the app that everyone's going to see, you know, or like, is it something that's like five clicks away somewhere? And do we have a little bit more room to be a bit more lenient and just try something a bit more scrappy to test? Um, I feel like the the bar for quality differs a little bit depending on the surface of what we're working on. So that's yeah. something else that comes up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's where we start, right? With making a decision, you should mm -hmm. ask yourself, what is the stake? What's at stake here with this decision? How important is it? Like this thing I'm deciding, is that going to have, like you said, fam, implications for, you know, future stuff in the product or the brand or whatever it is that you're making a decision on? Or is it going to be something that's pretty reversible and easy to do something different if it turns out <laughs> yeah. not to be the best decision, right? Because you absolutely shouldn't waste time on things that in the long run are inconsequential and it's just someone asking like, which version do I go with? Or asking yourself, which version do I go with even? Like for those, you just, I don't know, you can't waste your time dwelling too long on those. And I think that's something that the more you progress in your design career, the easier it gets just to make those decisions in a in a pretty quick snap, those types of low stake decisions. Um, and it's when the decisions are higher stake that it, you have to learn to trust yourself yeah. and go through sort of like a, a decision making process in your head to figure out the the right option for it, because it's not as instant as the lower stakes decisions. So other than time spent in role to like gain confidence over time is there anything else that you feel has worked for you to gain some confidence when it comes to making these kinds of decisions or yeah just wondering if there is anything else that can contribute towards like making you feel confident and like you're making the right decisions other than just time spent in the role yeah i mean that's hard because i do think that experience and you know time you spend doing something makes you better at it it trains your gut in it which we've talked about a lot before on the project on, on the project on this podcast and <laughs> this podcast is a project <laughs> yeah it is a project good point um but i do think training your gut is plays a big part in decision making right because if your gut is well trained you can make that decision in a snap and like trust and go with it because it served you well for all these other things in the past. Yeah. Uh, so that's something to always working on as a designer is your level of taste and your instincts. Perhaps as a designer is a better word to call it than just gut. I think another thing you can do is have specific people like mentors you can run things through with mm -hmm. like maybe it's uh, your manager in, in your company or someone else like a peer in the company who you can just talk things through and be like hey I think I'm gonna do this for this reason and you know they can listen and ask you questions that maybe will help uncover you things that you haven't thought of 
doing that for some key decisions when it's possible will help you build your decision-making instincts, I think, because you'll hear the questions that they ask back to you or like maybe the holes they poke in your reasoning. And those will be things that you can then ask yourself or look out for next time. Yeah. I try to remind myself in these situations that there's a there's a reason that I've been given this responsibility and that's because like the company has faith in me or has trust in me to do this right yeah I feel like this is also very common with women a little bit is to like kind of downplay yeah. your strengths and your skills and like second guess yourself and imposter syndrome la 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 we could go on about that forever I feel but I try to remind myself like there's a reason I'm here there's a reason that I've been given this responsibility and I'm just gonna go for it and hopefully you're in an environment where there's something or someone to catch you if you fall a little bit and that's totally part of the process now and then but yeah I think there's also just a bit of like acknowledging that you're in this position and just going for it Mm -hmm. I think it also helps to understand just how you yourself process information like me personally having things written down helps me understand you know the options or the situation whatever it is you're having to make a decision about much easier than just hearing it um if i can read it through i can think through it clearer and so i think that's something that i'm going to make sure i do in this meeting later on today where obviously it's like a visual decision that i'm making i'm deciding on what's the right style of lettering to go with that's going to represent our brand well but i know that as i see things if i write down my thoughts instead of just like holding them in my brain mm, interesting i'm going to be able to like compare my notes on each option and you know yeah read those gut reactions of my own gut written down I think that'll help me process it and make decisions easier. Sort of like a pros and cons list in a way. But yeah, that's just, that's my way of thinking and that's what helps me. And so I know that's something that I can do to help me make this decision. Do you have any examples of a time when you were intimidated and you had to make a decision? And like, what did that look like for you? What did you do in that moment? How did you, how did you make a decision? Yeah, okay, wait, I, I feel like um, maybe a recent example I can share, which is not a super high stakes decision, but uh, as a company, we our focus for the rest of the year is on building flywheels, which means like it's a, you know, a project or something that you do that feeds into itself and like gets better over time rather than just doing like new things scattered here and there. We want to do things that feed a flywheel. And so our team, the brand team, had thought that maybe this year we were going to, well, actually, not maybe, we had planned, we wrote it down in our 2021 strategy, (laughs) we were going to start work this year on a, like, feature-length documentary that follows creators over time. So it was something we wanted to get started now because it's something that we want to film over the next few years, you know, to see how these creators that we choose do so that we can make a film at the end of the day about their progress. So it's something, you know, we're excited about starting this year. We felt like it would be a good investment in the future. Like we could make something great in the future from it. But with this new decision to like focus on flywheels and things, I started thinking, okay, I feel like this doesn't now align with our direction as a company and like what we want to be spending our time on the rest of this year. But I'm nervous about that because I wrote it down in my strategy. And if I now decide not to do it, is that me like... I don't know, flaking out, going against the strategy. Is that going to look bad? Is it a bad idea to forget about it because of the payoff it's going to have in years to come? Like, should we still do it? And um, I started just by like almost journaling my thoughts on it, writing in my notes app, which is where I do all sort of like note taking in the meeting. I haven't got into Notion for that yet. 
but yeah, I just started noting down like, okay, what would it mean to not do this? And I guess trying to explain to myself why I think that we shouldn't. And then I sort of just really casually like, like mentioned it to my manager, our VP of growth being like, you know, I'm thinking about maybe not doing this just because I wanted to gauge his reaction, you know? And he was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, okay, okay. So <laughs> my like gut on this, that little voice in my head telling me maybe we shouldn't do this was on the right path probably. Yeah. Um, and so now I can like, you know, format my reasons exactly why to explain it to the team. Is that part of your strategy in those moments when you're unsure to like kind of test the waters with other people and like talk about something hypothetically or what if, or here's what I'm thinking and like bounce ideas off each other? Or I don't know, I sometimes feel like as leaders there's an expectation to come in with like a strong opinion or like a a really clear point of view how do you navigate that yeah that's a really good point and I think that that is part of being a leader is that your team look to you to be that decisive one you know like like we were saying at the start like they're not there to for you to waste their time like discussing all the points and things like that I think it depends on the decision because there's some things where it's really helpful and like important to have the team involved and hear more angles on it, you know, so you're not just making the decision in a silo by yourself. Yeah. But yeah, then there's other things where it's like, no, I just need to make this decision so we can all move on and like no one is slowed down by it. But yeah, for me, I definitely like to talk to my manager about it because he's kind of like the stakeholder in all my decisions. Yeah. And so it helps to, yeah, have the, have a conversation with him first before anything goes out to the team. I feel like there's a skill to be learned there for anyone at any level, really, whether you're in a position of this high-level decision-making or it's just in your own sort of day-to-day work, is the skill, I guess, around, like, knowing which things to challenge or to push on Mm -hmm. and knowing which not to if that makes sense definitely I feel like this is something I've learned over the years where like maybe I've over agonized over a decision that in reality was pretty trivial or like you know was not a big stakes decision to the rest of the team and really they were like they put their trust in me to just make that decision and I kind of had to learn that like oh okay yeah that's just a decision for me to make as a designer Yeah, I feel like there's a skill to be learned there around like knowing which things are more high stakes and maybe do require a bit more of this like thoughtful leadership and decision making. Mm -hmm. Yeah, knowing who to solicit those opinions from. Yeah. So that you make sure you're getting the right inputs into your decision too. I think that's a really important part of decision making is making sure you've got the right like, you know, content, I guess, to be making the decision based on whether that's needing opinions from your team, from a stakeholder or doing some research yourself or whatever. Yeah, that's so true. I like this reminds me of a, a moment I had a few years ago where I was trying to make a decision on something and like the PM that I was working on like was really strong in a certain direction that I didn't agree with. And like somebody, you know, outside of the team kind of showed me that like, well, of course that's the decision that they're, they want to go in. Like, they're a PM and that's like, that's their success. Like that's what success means to them in their role. Uh, Like if you go that route, like that's going to make them look really good. So like, of course that's where their intentions lie. Mm. And it was a moment of me, for me of like, oh yeah, it is really interesting to think about like what success means to the different people you're working with and how that might influence their opinion or their decision Mm -hmm. on something. And so that also reminds me that as a designer, like, 
I feel I have responsibility to, you know, be the voice of the user and the experience. And like, of course, that's where my motivation is going to come from when making decisions. So yeah, I, I feel like we could go a lot deeper into that, but I just think it's worth calling out that it, I definitely think it's important to consider who you're talking to, who you're bouncing ideas off and what their motivations might be. Yes, absolutely. That's a really great point, Fem. Yeah, totally. You have to solicit opinions from people, but also keep in mind what their motivations are and like, I don't know, any backstory of where those opinions might be coming from, just yeah. so you have that context as well. For me in working with this agency, I, I sort of go back and forth between being like, well, like, you know, they're the experts at putting together a full, like wide reaching campaign. And so I, I should trust them on the stuff, but also like I'm the one who knows our visual brand mm -hmm. the best. I probably know that ConvertKit visual brand best in the whole wide world, honestly. <laughs> like, you know, so my opinion on this does matter, right? right and totally. I shouldn't just blindly trust everything because, you know, with design, some stuff is subjective and, you know, what they think suits might not be the vision that I have for our brand, like going forward and what suits. So, you know, I got to trust myself on that. Something that I did is pull together a mood board of what in general style I would like to see come out of this. And it was a little bit in contrast to the mood board they'd put together where I, I don't know, there, there were just some different stylistic tones in theirs compared to mine. Um, and so that'll be handy for me to have as a reference mm -hmm. when I'm reviewing things today is like, okay, does this look more like it belongs on my mood board or theirs? Because I made this decision of what stuff to put on this mood board for a reason. And so if I don't feel like it fits, then that is like a, a red flag to me and something I should call out. And I think that'll help me in the moment. A listener who wrote in about this talked about leading a creative photo shoot. So I guess something that they could do as well is put together a mood board of the, the vibe of the photo shoot that you hope you'll get so that you can look at those images, like burn them into your brain so that when you're seeing <laughs> stuff take place on set or whatever, like wherever it's happening, uh, you'll have that reference, you know, to, mm -hmm. to check against what you were hoping for rather than being just swept up in the moment, uh, which is, you know, easy to happen as well. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Any like pre-preparation, I guess, or mm -hmm. like reference building you can do in advance is like subconsciously training your brain, I guess, to make the kind yep. of decisions you want to make, right? So yeah, it's training your instincts for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think the, the most important thing as a, as a creative leader, I mean, I don't think that as leaders, we have to pretend that we know everything all of the time. But I do think that overall, you, your team needs to feel confident in you making decisions, you know? Yeah. So if you are like publicly floundering or like questioning yourself and second guessing a lot of the time, that's just, I mean, it's just not a good look, is it? You know, it doesn't inspire confidence and doesn't make people, your team especially, feel like you've got your shit together. So you've got to try to do that either with your peers, like maybe it's your manager or people at your same leadership level. Yeah, just to avoid that happening too much in public. But you also shouldn't be afraid of saying, I don't know, let me think about that when someone asks you for a decision on something, right? Like it's okay yeah. not to have the answers immediately. Uh, and it's okay not to not to just know everything off off the bat. Totally, totally. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. It feels like something I'm still practicing, to be honest, because I sometimes feel like that 
in like a design review or something and people give you feedback and you feel like you need to like respond instantly. So I'm trying to get better at just being like, thank you for the feedback or like, I don't know the answer to that yet, but I'll look it up later. Yeah. I feel like there's always this pressure to like know the answer on the spot. Yep. And I think that that is growth, honestly, and that shows maturity as a, as a designer, as a professional, when you can feel confident in saying, hmm, let me think about it. Like, I'm not sure what my decision or opinion on it is on this yet. I need to sit with it, do research, whatever, to, to come up with what it is. Totally. I feel like I've learned a lot from you in this episode. Thanks so much for really? sharing all of those examples. <laughs> yeah, it's so great to hear about how you're thinking about this and even the small things you do, like writing these notes or like creating your own mood board, like to you might sound so you know, trivial, but I think that's really going to be helpful for our listeners who are struggling with this. Yeah, and I mean, if note-taking doesn't work for you, if, if I don't know, sketching things out, drawing or... I don't know, repeating it back to yourself out loud, whatever it is, whatever way you process information the best, learn that to start with so that you can then apply it to the ways you make decisions would be my main takeaway, I think, from this episode. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences. And thanks so much to the listener who wrote in uh, with this topic. We appreciate you and we appreciate all of you that write in with your topics. Uh, If you have a question you'd like us to talk about on the show, you can always email us. You can find our website, designlife.fm. We would love to hear from you. You can also tweet us any topic requests you have at designlife.fm if they're like more short and sweet and can fit into a tweet. But yeah, if they're longer, contact us through our website and fill us in on your situation and and how we can help. It'd be great to get your requests. Go to designlife.fm to get more episodes as well. And thank you to Around for sponsoring. We really appreciate it. Yes, around.co. Check it out if you're looking to have more fun meetings with your team. Maybe to make decisions on. Boom, tied it in. (laughs) All right, we'll chat again next week. See you then. Bye. Bye.